This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the IAHE Informer Podcast. Your host is Tara Bentley, veteran homeschool mom and managing editor for the Informer Magazine. The Informer is a ministry of the Indiana Association of Home Educators. For over 30 years, the IAHE has been the voice of Indiana homeschool families. The foundational purpose of the IAHE is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ by supporting and encouraging Indiana's home educators. Our mission is to encourage, protect, and serve by keeping you informed about the news and subjects that really matter. We'll cover important topics including educational opportunities, legislative issues, and finding support and encouragement. We'll also bring you interviews with our very special guests, including nationally recognized convention speakers, as well as showcasing local Indiana parents and homeschool alumni. Join us as we explore topics relevant to IAHE families all year long. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Tara Bentley, and we are here today with our next edition of the Informer Podcast. Today, we're going to tackle some of the most frequently asked questions by new homeschool families. And I have a very special guest with me today, and this is Miss Stacy Hannaway. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. Stacy is one of our regional reps here in Indiana. And I'm going to let Stacy just tell you a little bit about herself and when she first started homeschooling with her family. Well, we're the Region 2 reps, so we're in the northeast corner of Indiana. We have 10 counties um, in our corner that, that we cover. Um, we started homeschooling when my oldest uh, would have gone into kindergarten. So we've been homeschooling all the way through, and he is now a fifth grader. So I have a fifth grader and a third grader, both boys. Um, we live on a small farm, and so that's a big part of what we do as far as a homeschool family. Now, you actually you were you a public school teacher i did i taught in the public school and i also taught in the amish parochial school for a number of years i think that's a whole other show we may have to talk about that sometime i imagine you have a lot of fun stories to share about that (laughs) oh it was an interesting experience that's for sure (laughs) well stacy you've been volunteering for the ieg as regional rep for several years um but then actually Starting last fall, you started volunteering as well, and you help answer our phones for the IHE. So you talk to a lot of moms, uh, maybe some dads, who are pulling their kids um, maybe out of the public school or maybe their kids are younger and they're getting ready to start homeschooling, correct? That is correct. So you're getting a lot of the questions that moms and dads have when they first get started. And so I'm sure that you see a lot of the same questions. Um, I know we do um, as a state organization, and I know I did when I was a regional rep as well. So basically today, we just wanted to take some of those questions and throw them out here. So Stacey, without a doubt, I think probably the top question that new homeschoolers ask is, do I have to register with the state? And to be clear, because we probably do have some people who might be listening to us who are located someplace else in the country, we are located in Indiana. So the comments that we're going to give here are only for families who are living in Indiana and homeschooling under Indiana law. So if someone calls you up and they ask you, 
do I have to register with the state of Indiana? What do you tell them? I tell them, no, it is not required to uh, report enrollment to um, to the to the state. Um, however, there are some circumstances, and it's each family's, um, it's up to each family whether or not they want to enroll with the state or not. And if you're, you know, if, especially if you're beginning at the beginning of a school year and you've given your transfer letter, um, then it's up to you. Uh, there are some times that it may be a little more beneficial if there's circumstances that um, make it a little more difficult case, then sometimes, you know, that might be something that the that you want to do. But as far as being required, it is not required. And I think that for new homeschool families, a lot of the terminology that we use can be confusing. And, you know, it's a brand new world when you first start homeschooling. And they ask about registration, and we're clear there there is no such thing as registration in the state of Indiana. So when they're asking us about registration, really the only thing that exists even in Indiana is the ability to report enrollment with the state. That's correct. Um, And, you know, and that, like I said, that's completely up to you. Now, it is required that you give your school some kind of notice that you're you're pulling them from the public school. And we use transfer rather than withdrawal because withdrawal means that maybe you're not even going to continue school where transfer, every every homeschool is a private school. So you are transferring your student from whatever school they're in, public or private or, you know, charter, whatever they're enrolled in at that time to your private school, and that's why we use a transfer letter. And I know that, like I said, the terms can be confusing, and they seem like they're interchangeable, but they're really not. Um, So for people, if if you are brand new to homeschooling and you're wanting some more information about this specific topic, you can visit our website and get some more information there. You can also call um, into our office and talk to one of our volunteers who will help you walk through that. And perhaps if you have a situation that is a little bit more complicated, we always recommend that people uh, look at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, look at their website, maybe even give them a call if they're just not sure what to do. I agree. There's oftentimes I send people to HSLDA um, just for the fact of, you know, we aren't attorneys. We cannot give you legal advice. Um, I can share with you what knowledge I have, but past that point, you do need to seek um, professional help. Right. Well, one of the other questions that you get asked most often is, do I have to turn in any documents? So when they're asking you this, what kind of things are they asking you about? Are they asking if they're turning in, like, school papers for naming their school, or are they talking about, are you getting questions about turning in their students' work? Normally, it's about students' work. Um, I get a lot of phone calls where, um, they think that we have books and things to supply, which is not something, you know, that we do as an organization that is um, part of being a homeschooler. Um, and then they ask, you know, do I need to turn in my grades? Do I need to turn in my attendance? Do I need to do any of that? And, of course, we do not, again, we're very blessed in Indiana, we do not have to turn in any of those documents. However, um, it is good for your sake, you know, to keep record, record of your days and you want to keep record of what's going on in your in your individual homeschool. But as far as turning into a state organization or a national organization, there isn't anyone that we need to turn in documents to. And, you know, I think that probably as we're talking through some of this, um, it occurs to me that perhaps we 
might want to back up for some people and really just explain a lot of our answers um, are about what it means to truly homeschool in the state of Indiana um, under Indiana law and Indiana code. And because we, in Indiana, homeschoolers are non-accredited, non-public schools, and that means we're not um, taking government money. And that's really how we maintain our freedom to to homeschool. Um, and so I think that it's important that people understand our definition of homeschooling. That's correct. And I do get a lot of those calls as well. And, you know, you want to be up forth and honest with them. Um, we are, you know, parent directed. We are privately funded. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's your school. In essence, you are running your own private school. And that makes you in, totally in charge of your child's education, which is a wonderful thing, you know, not to have somebody else bearing down on you and telling you what you have to do. You can take education and um, it opens up a lot of doors to, to take your child in what direction they, you know, what they're gifted in. Um, it just gives you a lot of freedom. Well, sometimes that freedom can be overwhelming <laughs> for new parents. Um, and I think that probably we'll tackle these next two questions um, before we head to a commercial break because for a lot of families, it is their next question is very important because they want to know, well, where do I find curriculum? Where do I find the books? And that, that can be a challenge because there's so much great stuff out there today. Yes, there is. And a lot of mothers and, and new, new homeschoolers feel very overwhelmed by what is all out there. And, you know, there's, there's lots of places doing Google searches, doing um, Kathy Duffy has a wonderful site. Um, you know, Rainbow Resources, you know, all of us, and we name off all of these, you know, seasoned homeschoolers, all these places that we go. And one of the best things to do is go to a conference, um, like our IT conference in March. And, you know, it gives you that chance to, to look at curriculum and to touch it. And I always tell new homeschoolers, you know, if it doesn't interest you, if you're looking at it and you're like, that looks really boring, I don't think I would like doing that, nine times out of your ten, your child's not going to want to do that either, and especially when you're first getting started. So you want things that, that you know, look interesting to you, and especially let your child be a part of that process. You know, it's their school too, and there's nothing wrong with letting them see different curriculums and, and different things. I mean, ultimately, you're the parent. You're going to make the final decision because you also have the money. But um, it's good for them to see it and see different things because if it doesn't look interesting, it's probably not going to gather your attention and you're not going to be as hip on homeschooling as, you know, what you would be if you don't have that say. And I think that probably what I would recommend too, and it, it, this truly does depend also on the age of your children and when you are starting to homeschool because on the one hand, you want to be able to say to these new families, take your time. Um, don't rush because it takes a while to figure out your teaching style, your students' learning style, because that is the beauty of homeschooling, but you can't do that in week one um, if you're jumping into something. And I think that can be very challenging for families who are maybe starting to homeschool in high school because we are increasingly seeing that. Um, I know that for me, when we started to homeschool 13 years ago, the trend, especially in our local area, was a lot of families would homeschool through elementary and maybe middle school, but they were increasingly putting their kids 
back into the public school system when it came time for high school. And I almost see we're seeing a significant, um, you know, 180. It's completely opposite nowadays. A lot of people are putting their kids in for elementary because that feels pretty safe. And then they're pulling their kids out during the high school years because of a lot of the challenges. And then parents are feeling very, very rushed to make decisions um, about curriculum. I would agree. And and there is a big swing of, of the older ones coming in. And that's, you know, and a high schooler, you know, they know what they've learned thus far as far as, you know, what curriculum kind of things they've done. And I think it's good that, you know, especially them to give them a say in it. Um, you know, and I can't stress enough going and, and like uh, there's different curriculums that will have different um, exhibits like at hotels and things. And it takes a little research and it takes some time. Um, homeschooling shouldn't be, you know, an off the cuff decision anyway. It is something that, that you should really pray about and think about before you start, you know, doing it. Is it right for our family? And then just involve yourself. And yeah, you're more rushed in the, in the older years than what you are in the young years. And, it makes it easier for the young ones because I'm honest about it. I mean, a lot of times we buy curriculum and we're so excited and we think this is going to be great and then it doesn't work. And don't be afraid if that's not working to throw it out and go to something new because that happens to a lot of us. Well, we know you're not, you know, going to literally throw your book in the trash, Stacey, but I... <laughs> <laughs> you're going no. to pass it along. You're going to pass it along to somebody else. <laughs> Yes, and the other thing that we that I think we're blessed with is there are a lot of areas that have youth curriculum sales, and when they have those, you know, yeah, you've got the youth curriculum, so it's at discounted rates, but you can talk to those parents that have used it and say, you know, what did you like, what didn't you like, what would you recommend, you know, get their take on it, you know, and just because it didn't work for them doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. It might suit your family perfectly, um, but through those, you know, the mothers are generally very glad to offer, you know, what worked for them, why this didn't work, you know, what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. So those are, that's another place to, you know, look at it and just really get some info instead of an exhibitor, you know, of course an exhibitor is going to sell their product and not that they lie to you or anything, but it gives, you know, it's a different perspective to look at a different curriculum. Right, and I think that really part of, um, to me, this leads me to think about the fact that how important it is to get quick as quickly as possible to get connected with some kind of community of other homeschoolers, and because you want to sometimes just be able to ask a question about a piece of curriculum or about a subject, and to get multiple perspectives is so helpful. And I know that that's not always easy. I mean, we certainly have um, a lot of rural rural areas in Indiana where homeschoolers do have trouble getting connected with other families um, locally. But I know on our Facebook group, I have loved to see the interaction of moms who come on and, you know, they're thinking about a piece of curriculum for their child and just the number of moms who will chime in and say, oh, pros and cons, and we loved this or we loved that. Um, and that's just wonderful just to be able to connect with other families that way. So if you can't find it locally um, with your neighboring homeschool families, find it online and utilize uh, maybe our Facebook group or some others and make sure you're talking to other homeschool moms. 
Oh, I'd agree wholeheartedly. And when I get a new uh, phone call, of course, you know, I find out what area they're in and I and I lead them to the regional reps um, because that's what we're here for as far as regional reps, you know, to know what's going on in our area and to be that information source. Um, and, you know, and it's all of our hearts to serve those homeschoolers. But then I always direct them. I ask them if they're on Facebook and, you know, to our website, um, and to the Facebook pages because, yeah, there is wonderful conversation that goes on there. And it's, I've seen so many times, you know, a mom just types in a certain curriculum and there'll be 50, 60 comments about it, you know, the likes, the posts, the cons. And that's just wonderful that, that we can do that and then we can reach out to each other. I love it too. Sometimes I'll see a question come out and I think, oh, I really need to, you know, help them out. And but I have to do something else. Five minutes later, I'll come back. It's just wonderful to see all the other moms pitching in and mentoring each other. Um, and we have a lot of even retired um, homeschool moms, veteran homeschool moms, who are on there as well helping, which is great. Yes, it's just wonderful to see it all. Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take just a really quick break, and then we'll be right back. And when we come back, we're going to continue with our list of frequently asked questions for our new homeschool moms. Are you looking for help in your homeschool? Join us March 27th and 28th for the 2015 IAG Home Educators Convention in Indianapolis with incredible speakers Ken Ham, Carol Barnier, Dr. Jay Weil, Diana Waring, Todd Wilson, and many more. You are sure to be encouraged during this incredible two-day event. With workshop topics from beginning homeschooling, homeschooling through high school, classical education, planning your day, help for special learners, and more. This year's Learning Express features master storyteller Jim Weiss. Your entire family will laugh and learn as Jim shares tales about George Washington, profiles of courageous men and women from 20th century America, and real-life tales of historic heroes. Is anyone in your home a Little House on the Prairie fan? Don't miss your opportunity to meet the man who brought Almonzo Wilder to life in the popular 80s television show, Dean Butler. Our other amazing speakers include Rebecca Kelleher, Sonia Schaefer, Andrew Kern, Tom Clark, and more. Can't get enough in two jam-packed days? Join us for our very special pre-convention events on Thursday, March 26th. Inga Cannon's Transcript Bootcamp, Carol Barnier's Write to Publish Workshop, the IAG Leaders Dessert Reception with Carol Barnier, and IAG's free info night, You Can Homeschool. Online registration is available now through February 28th, or you can register at the door. Grandparents are free with a family registration, so make your plans now to bring the entire family, moms and dads, children and teenagers, 2015 convention has something for everyone. For more details, visit our website at www.iahe.net. We're back and we're talking today about frequently asked questions from new homeschool parents here in Indiana. And Stacy's been, she sent me a list, I think, of the most frequently asked questions. I'm sure we could go on and on. And we're going to do another show, Stacy, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> we're saving some of these topics for another time and we know that the list of questions continues but um, I know that one of the questions that you get a lot is about how you issue a diploma as a homeschool parent and will colleges accept that and people get worried about that little piece of information yeah they do and as far as the big thing that I tell people is you are your own private school 
So you make out your own diploma. And that diploma is just as good as any other private school within our state. Um, and then the big question comes up, you know, with that, with the college. And um, from my understanding, I have not put a child through that far yet. Um, that's still on my horizon. But, um, you know, if there's a college that you're really interested in, um, you know, seek them out. Talk to them. I know there's, uh, for example, Hillsdale College has a bunch of, like, their 100 classes on the online, and I think most of them are even free. Um, so that your child knows what they expect them to know when they come into the college setting. And the colleges seem to be really willing to work with us. And from um, what I've heard from other um, homeschoolers is they're even, you know, seeking us out because we, as a homeschooler, we try to create a very um, dedicated self-learner, somebody that, that, you know, can take care of themselves and that's in charge of their education and, and wants to learn. And they're looking for that. So, you know, it's not it's not as big a deal as what it sounds. Um, your diploma is just as good as anybody else's. And I guess that since I have graduated, my two, I'll throw in um, a little bit about our experiences. Like you said, um, we issued the diploma. It came from us. We, of course, we ordered something a little bit prettier, and we put it in a case, and we presented it to her when we did our local graduation ceremony with our local support group, um, but it was issued from us. So it is the diploma that um, our girls will have for the rest of their lives. Um, our oldest daughter went on to college, and part of what we did when, we, when she was in high school, our local high school would have a college night um, every March, I think it was, and so it was open to the public, and we would attend, and I would have her go up to a lot of the booths um, with the college representatives there, even if it was not a college that she was specifically interested in, but just to talk to them, have a conversation with them, talk about their school, um, ask about their admission requirements, and to keep it very, very basic in that conversation. And then before she left the table, her question to them was, and I'm a homeschooler. And, you know, we just kind of, you know, threw that question at the end. And the truth is, that didn't change the conversation. Um, they really viewed her as a intelligent individual who had gone through high school, just like every other um, student who was in the room. And really, what they wanted to see, I think the equalizer between all of the students nowadays is your SATs and ACTs. And again, that would be a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they want to see those types of things. You know, you're per if you're keeping records for your high schooler, of course you're keeping records for your high schooler. You're keeping grades. Um, and if you're putting them on a college track, then you're probably going to be doing the things like the PSAT and the SAT or the ACT. And those are the things that colleges really want to see. So um, absolutely. So I have done it. I have issued two diplomas for both of my girls, and um, it's that's how we do it here in the state of Indiana. So, okay. Well, one of the other questions that you get is, what does your day look like? Because everybody who is a brand new homeschooler, they want a formula. They want to know how to structure their day. What do you tell them? Well, there is no formula. Um, 
actually last night I went to a mom's panel um, at one of our local co-ops. And uh, they said, you know, every conference I go to, there's always a how do you get it all done kind of thing. And they're like, you don't. Um, all of our days are going to look completely different. Every homeschool is going to look completely different. Like I said before, we live on a farm. So um, my boys, a typical day for them is they get up. Um, we all see my husband off to work, and he leaves about 6.30 in the morning. And, um, of course, I make the kids breakfast, and they come up, and they'll start schoolwork until it's daylight out, and especially this time of the year because it's so cold. I don't want to go out before the sun's up. Um, and then, you know, we go out and we spend like an hour doing chores, and then we come back in and we do more schoolwork. Um, but, you know, it works so much differently for every family. There's some families that are early risers. There's some families that are later risers. There's some that maybe the parents, you know, depending on the parents' work schedule, because there is a growing um, number of um, single parents that are homeschooling, um, their day is going to look completely different than what my day is going to look like. Um, you know, it's that's the beauty of homeschooling. Uh, many times, maybe you do a math lesson at the grocery store. Um, maybe you do, you know, a science lesson at the zoo, or or we have Science Central in this area. Um, it's just going to look so different, and you know, and not every day for us even looks exactly the same. And that's okay. You know, that's, again, that's the beauty of homeschooling. You can you can make it work what works best for your child, what works best for your family um, to give them the optimal education. So there is no formula. And, you know, and that's great because I'd hate to be um, a cookie cutter. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, I'll say that for us, too, my husband has, uh, is a retail manager, and if anyone is listening who has ever worked retail, you know that there is no consistency um, to your schedule. And so the majority of his days off would always be during the week, um, very few weekends off. And so for us, the Monday through Friday kind of nine-to-five life is not something that we've ever really had. And so as much as we have tried to be consistent, because consistency is always very helpful, um, you want to be as flexible as your life demands that you be. And so absolutely, if his days off happened to be Wednesday and Thursday, then we were going to do something different on Wednesday or Thursday. And because you want to do whatever works for your family. Oh, I agree. And, you know, the other thing when I like how you mentioned about him having days off, I didn't think about this, but like my husband has off about every other Monday he works um, for the state. And on those days, I utilize him. You know, we still do school, but for the kids, it's nice that, you know, their dad's more in charge that day. You know, he's the teacher. Um, of course, I have it laid out because I'm a bit of a control freak. But, um, you know, he takes over and, and and he may do it differently. And that's good for the boys, too, to see a different side or how he may explain something or their subjects that he's just more equipped at than I am or enjoys more than I do. And so we do that mm -hmm. trade-off. And it gives it gives me a break and it gives him, you know, a look at oh, so this is what you're doing all day, you know? And and sometimes you need that as a mom, too, you know, for them to, to take that role. Right. Well, and, you know, utilizing dad, that kind of leads perfectly into one of our next questions, and that is, how do I teach a subject that I know very little about? Well, there's lots of different options there, and one is utilizing the father. Um, 
my husband loves history and he is very good at science and I know them, I can do them, but you know, I let him have to tackle those a lot of times. I have them do a lot of their history and their science with their dad. Um, my oldest is a history buff just like his dad, so they can go and do that together. And um, that works great. But a lot of co-ops um, offer classes. Um, I was told by a seasoned homeschooler that when it's a subject that you don't know much about, have somebody on your speed dial that is good, you know, like maybe in math or English or different things and call them and use them to, you know, ask, answer questions that your, your student may have. Um, in the world of technology, there's numerous, you know, videos out there of how to do different things. Um, a lot of the curriculum is based more that way where there might be a DVD that, that teaches you the, the subject and then shows you solutions and, you know, takes you through. So there's lots of ways to get help if you're not well-versed in a subject. I think there's actually more choices than we could even talk about in a half hour these days. There are so many options. Well, um, we've had a lot of uh, great advice. We're going to wrap up today's podcast with, I think, the one of the key questions that every mom just really wants an answer to, and they really just need to be reassured. And so I think that the most important question on a new mom's heart is, I'm just afraid that I'm going to mess them up. So what do you say to those new moms? Well, I start off with encouraging them. You know, you've been given a very special blessing. You've been given this child. And and with that, you you're not God wouldn't have given them to you if you thought you was gonna you were gonna mess them up. Um I once told a mom, I said, the only way I think you could really mess up is they sat on the couch and just blew bubbles at each other all day, but you know what, you can make a mess lesson out of that as well. Um most curriculums and things are laid out in a way that they're gonna keep you that you're giving them a well-rounded education or, you know, the, that they're going to be where they should be at. It's, you can't mess them up. If you love them, you can sit on the couch and you can read with them and cuddle with them and, and do different things. And they're going to learn. There's so much to learn through literature. There's so much to learn through, you know, life, um, even playing games and just being together and experiencing life together, that child is going to learn so much. And you've put your heart into it and you've given them that love. And, you know, that's what's more important than, than any of the rest of it. The rest is going to come um, maybe at different speeds for different kids, but it's going to come. And you just love on those kids and you're going to be fine. And I think that really what I would say also is any mom who has the heart to even ask this question because I don't think that 99.9% .9 of homeschool parents or, or that 99.9% .9 of parents would ever even consider homeschooling unless they were going to be doing everything in the best interest of their child. And you, if you have this on your heart that you are concerned for the best interest of your child, then you're going to find the way to make them succeed. Oh, I would agree. You know, and, and it's a calling. Um, you know, homeschooling is not for the faint of heart. 
it, it is actually, I feel that it's a calling um, because it takes a lot of dedication and it to, you know, give them all that they need. You have to do research um, if they want to be involved in, in different groups and things. You know, you, you have to run them and you have to do that and you have to do the research for it. So, yeah, the fact that you care enough to ask, I agree, um, shows that you have the heart for it. And I think that the truth is that it's not easy, but it's worth it. Oh, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree 100%. <laughs> it's very much worth it, but, yeah, it's it's a challenge. That's why I say it's a calling. <laughs> and there will be hard days, yes? Yes, and there will be wonderful days that outnumber the hard ones. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, Stacey, and we will do this again soon. And if you are someone who is listening and you are a new homeschool mom or maybe you have been doing it for a while but you still have questions, I highly encourage you to reach out to us. You can leave comments um, on our page, and we would love to tackle your questions in another show. Right, Stacey? That's right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our show and will join us next time for the IAHE Informer podcast. You can always find the latest shows on the web through Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network at ultimateradioshow.com. For more information about the Indiana Association of Home Educators, visit us on the web at iahe.net. You can also find the IAHE on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Until then, God bless. Thank you.